everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful New Year's. I know I am. I'm feeling super motivated. I have like three new planners. <laughs> so um, yeah, even if you don't make it all the way, I'm hopeful that I'll use at least six months of these planners and then they'll be worth it. Um, but I'm so excited to start the year with this guest. She is so talented and sweet. Her name is Jordan Rayner. She is a country music artist, but also just a great storyteller. You can find her on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, um, just super talented. So uh, I know you're going to enjoy her. There is one note for um, this episode. She is on her way to a big meeting, so the audio quality might be a little bit less um, than average. Um, so thank you for bearing with us for that. But we were just so excited to do the interview. And regardless of that sound quality, I think you're really going to enjoy it. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Gats. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I am so excited for our guest today. We have the super talented Jordan Rayner. Jordan, how are you? How you doing, darling? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited to get to talk to you. I love your stories on TikTok. So uh yeah, I'm just stoked you could you could be here. Thanks so much for reaching out. I'm excited to uh talk to you. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into your story, we always ask the same question, and that is, when it comes to the paranormal, where do you see yourself? Are you more of a true believer, or are you more skeptical? Yeah, I'm a true believer, a true believer. That's awesome. And, and like, uh, have you always been since you're a little kid, or is it more something that happened later in life? Well, so I grew up, uh, I'm a preacher's daughter, and so naturally, uh, I've always believed in a spiritual realm. Um, that's just a part of part of my belief system is that you know we have a spirit that is separate from our bodies and when we die our spirit you know goes to be with God and that's that, that's part of how I grew up believing my experiences with the paranormal have left zero doubt there's no room for skepticism after the things that I've seen and experienced that is that's so cool well with that do you want to get into your paranormal experience today absolutely absolutely where do we start so you mentioned in um, our email that you had a um, an experience while working in a prison. Yeah. So I, uh, in my early 20s, I, I worked in the Gatesville prison down in South Texas. And that's uh, where, you know, some of the most notorious, you know, criminals in Texas are kept. And I, I worked with a young lady at one time, uh, her name's Karen Cappy, and she was, 17 when I came across her, but she had been tried and convicted as an adult because her crimes were horrific. And so I ended up one weekend working one-on-one -on -one with her. And, you know, just to, to, to sum it up, we can go into more detail, of course, later, but to sum it up, the people that I experienced in the room with her followed me home, and it has continued to be... Uh, something that I experienced to this day and that was over 12 years ago wow and have you tried like cleanses and stuff have you tried clearing out you know, all those bad vibes well you know it's one of those things I, I'm not super educated on that again my 
my religious upbringing was more, you know, pray for it, believe, and have God to drive that stuff out. And that's, that's what I've done. And for the most part, that's pretty successful. Um, but nonetheless, um, I, I continue to have you know, move around in my house or I'll hear people moving around in my house underneath my bedroom at night. And I, you know, it's been a long time since I've sensed anything malevolent or dark per se, but I do still have spiritual activity that, you know, never really existed before I worked in the prison. So it's interesting for sure. Wow. That, that is like so interesting. Like what is some of the activity that you've noticed after having worked there? Well, so immediately after I worked with Aaron, so uh, a quick, I, I don't know how, how much detail you share on your podcast as far as the, the details about crime stuff and what, you know, if you're a G-rated program or whatever. Um, but Aaron basically masterminded and participated in the murder of her entire family. Wow. And it was a, it was a very gruesome murder. Horrific. And, uh, so like I said, she was tried as an adult, and they put me alone with her to work with her to kind of, it was a Christian kind of counseling situation where I was supposed to sit down with her, talk with her about anything that was on her mind, and, you know, just try to introduce her to the Lord and try to, you know, introduce her to forgiveness and that kind of thing. So that, that's what my role was, and she started telling me a version of her story and a version of what, you know, happened. And I, I didn't walk in knowing what she had done. That, that was a rule I kind of always kept for myself is don't look up the crimes that the people you work with because, you know, sometimes that can cause you to be jaded or cynical yeah. or not want to help them at all. So I didn't know. And so she, the first version that I heard of her crime was what she told me, and it was a very different version than what really happened. And, of oh. course, after... I was removed from that situation and had a little distance and did a little research on her. I found out that she is a psychopath and she's a very cold and manipulative personality type. And she was basically toying with me for the whole weekend and just telling me different versions of the story to see what she could, see what reaction she could get out of me, right? Right. And um, yeah, so it was a situation where I was just being jerked around and I didn't know it. But there was one particular instance. And um, I don't talk about this very often because it just, uh, it, it, was, it disturbed me and it bothered me for a lot of years. But we were in the, we were in the chapel. We had all gathered in the chapel. We were doing like a little worship service. We're singing songs and kind of leading the inmates uh, in some, some music time. And Eric was out in the seats, out in the, in the pews there. And I was on stage. And I looked out at her, and her face, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if I just saw a spirit kind of manifest in front of her or if it was something from within her. But her eyes went black, almost like she would be kind of looking at a skull, like just this blackness came over her face, and she was looking right at me. Just deep down to my freaking bones. Uh, and yeah. I'll, never forget, I'll never forget that. It, it was after that moment. I don't know if I connected with something that was in her, around her, but it followed me home that night. And like I said, I've had I've had things happen ever since. And right after it happened, it was night terrors. It was sleep paralysis. It was shadow figures in my room waking up, not able to breathe, not able to move. Um, demonic dreams 
very demonic dream, uh, panic attacks. I've never had panic attacks before that, and I started wow. having them, and I've, I've had them for 12 years since. Um, so that that's a short, short history on kind of where it started. And like I said, the activity has been weird. I've, uh, I've had, like I said, things thrown around in my house. I've had heavy bottles of detergent thrown off the laundry room shelves and into the floor. Spatulas thrown off into the floor in the kitchen. Um, I even had my family visit my house one time, and I'd gone out to get groceries, and so my family was alone in my house. And whenever I got back, my family was all freaked out. They were like, dude, there's something in your house. We heard it moving around upstairs. We thought you would come home. And my trash can had had a swiveling lid, and my brother had walked past it, and something or someone hit that lid and sent it spinning, and he freaked out. And so, yeah. like, yeah, that, that kind of happened. Sorry. So that, you, that's gone on for 12 years. And you don't still have contact with, um, her, you said her name, no. what was her name one more time? Erin Kathy. Erin. Okay. So how did that end? Were you just like, this is too much. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. So the way that we did it, these programs were kind of weekend programs, like a Thursday through Sunday, the inmates would sign up for the program and we would work with them for the whole weekend. And then once the weekend was over, you know, we would move on and, you know, some, some inmates kept contact with us and we worked with them through letters. And sometimes, you know, if they got out fairly soon, we would mentor them afterward and all that. But uh, I never initiated contact with Erin after that. I washed my right. hands of her. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, geez. And it, it always feels malevolent, like whatever is, is still with you. Well, it, it did in the beginning. Uh, it absolutely was evil. But like I said, that energy has changed. Over the years, I don't know if it's just that I've gotten less afraid of it. Um, right. because, because, I mean, it's like one of those things where, like, when it first starts to happen, of course, it freaks you out and scares you to death because, holy shit, there's stuff moving that you can move. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to curse on your program. Oh, but, we, um, we curse you. I forgot when you asked that before. It's okay. <laughs> okay. You don't have to worry or censor or anything like that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but the issue does seem to have changed. And um, I have a friend of mine, I won't say her name because I don't have her permission to, but she is a a very gifted, I would call her a psychic medium. She's very, very gifted in reading energies and reading uh, spirits that are around. And um, she's a musician friend of mine as well. And I was on tour with her. She's like, George, there's a very strong protective energy around you. She said, I don't know if it's a guardian angel. Like a guardian angel. She said, but it feels more familial. Like, like an old family member that's passed away that is very protective of you. And so I don't know if I've got, like I said, a guardian angel that kind of stepped up and intervened and said, okay, whatever dark thing is screwing with her, it's enough. Um, wow. But the energy is completely changed. That's so cool. Like in like some sort of ancestral protection. Is there someone in your family? Yeah. This might be a little personal. So if you don't know, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. like, is there someone in your family that you think it might be? Or is it like way back, you think? It would have been my great grandmother uh, on my mom's side of my mom's grandmother. I was very close to her, and I was very devastated when she passed. Mm-hmm. And it, I was, I was only seven or eight when she passed, but I remember like that really affecting me. So, if, if anybody, I wouldn't be surprised if it was her. That makes sense. Has anyone else in your family had paranormal experiences? I grew up in like 
um, a pretty Catholic household and my mom is like, no, ghosts aren't real. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but. Um, um, you know, I'm the only one. I, I don't know why I'm just particularly sensitive to it. And I, I guess maybe I'm probably the person who's the most open yeah. to it. And so I've never really had any other family members mention that they've had those experiences. Now, granted, being in the church for years, I, I'm not involved in the church much anymore. Uh, that's a different story, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I did run in a group of people that were very sensitive, kind of like I am, that uh, were able to sense spirits, and they've, they've had some pretty wild stories, but no family members, no. Wow. Yeah, that, so do you find yourself, like, like falling back on praying and stuff when you have those moments? Yeah, I do. I do. I, you know, I, my relationship with the church has changed a lot over the years, but my for belief in the power of Jesus' name has not changed and is described to get out when it needs to. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's different for everybody. Um, a yeah. lot of people say, a lot of like, because I've had paranormal, like, uh, ghost investigators, they don't really like the term ghost hunters. It's a weird right. phrase, you know? Um, but for yeah. them, it's like you focus on like a white light, like a white coming. So, like, whenever they're done with a the session, they have like a little. I guess prayer circle where they like yeah. focus, you know, push out all the dark, leave whatever right. negative energy in the space that they were in and then right. go home. So it's kind of similar yeah. in that way. Yeah, those those people are braver than me. I have never been brave enough to address a ghost or address a spirit by talking to it. I I do I'm very cautious about giving anything attention or giving it any type of power. So I, I basically kind of stick my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. um, so would I'm you, very aware that it is. Yeah. Would you ever, like if you're in a group or something, attempt that? No, no. I, I don't think I would. Again, after the attachment that I experienced with Aaron, I'm very, very hesitant to accidentally open myself up to an attachment I wouldn't want. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, it's one of those things I just, I'm not super educated on how to interact with the spiritual realm and what that looks like and how to do it safely. And so that's probably a big part of why I, I, I would be hesitant because I don't know what I'm doing and I probably would end up getting freaking whole host of demons attached right. to me. And, <laughs> you know, Lord, Lord knows I'd open up a can of worms. So sure. I, I probably I'm probably best off leaving that alone. <laughs> that's totally fair. Yeah. I grew up in a haunted house, but it wasn't scary. So I have such a like, yeah positive um experience with like the supernatural really? yeah really? but it's still the same like what you're saying where if something happens I'm like never mind I don't <laughs> but they listen to me like I have experiences yeah. where like things were moving and I was like no that's cool and it stopped moving so like I'm like a, a believer of most things like it sounds like what attached to you is is bad but like the yeah. the stuff that's kind of like doesn't have a side isn't good isn't evil like I think they do listen like if you set yeah. up a wall like you said like with your family if you put up a wall they're not gonna cross that boundary um, right but you are I totally believe there's things that will as well so I, yeah. I totally get uh your fear um yeah. could you describe those the night terrors or if again if there's anything too personal just be like <laughs> no no for sure <laughs> you know so, so the um the, the recurring one that I had for a couple of years, this was right after I worked with Aaron. Um, I went home and 
it was it was so weird. You're, you're, it's almost weird enough that you're going to think I'm making it up. But this, uh, this my town that I was living in at the time, they were it was crawling with white cats. I, I don't know why, but <laughs> okay. every every time you turn down a road, there was a freaking white cat in the road. This white fluffy cat, and it almost just kind of became a running joke. I managed, you know, I was on under white cat a while ago, uh, uh-huh. coming off whatever. And I started having dreams about these white cats, but they were evil. It's like they were possessed, and I saw really contorted, demonic versions of these white cats. Like their hair was falling out, and you know, their teeth were snaggled and stuff like that. And I would be dreaming, and these cats would be coming at me. And then this disturbs me um, a lot, and I don't think I've ever talked about it. I hadn't said it out loud, but one of the dreams I had there was these white cats and then there was this this horde of pigs like demon possessed pigs that came in and started eating these cats like they were razor tooth it was like the most horrible thing you'd ever see and um one of the pigs in the dream spoke to me and i I won't say what it said because i bothered me too much but it said something to me and at that point i woke up and this move i mean i was just completely I, I couldn't move my arm, couldn't move anything. I, I barely could breathe. It felt like somebody was just sitting on my chest. And as I'm sitting awake, and I'm like, I'm wide awake. I'm in this dark room in my bedroom. Something sitting on my chest, and I could just see shadows moving in the room. And at the time, I was living at home, and so I actually started yelling for my dad. My dad's a pastor, and I was mm. yelling for my parents. And my dad comes busting in the room, and about that time, the weight lifts off my chest and I'm able to sit up and I'm, you know, I'm kind of shaking and I'm almost crying and I'm telling dad, I had a demonic dream, a horrible dream, something's in the room. And my dad, you know, who is not extremely sensitive, you know, like, like I said, you know, my family's not real big into that. My dad told me that night, he said, I felt that there was something in that room. And my dad started praying right there in that room in Jesus name for whatever it was to leave. And, um, so he started praying, and I actually, I ran out of the room. I couldn't even stay in the room wow. while he was praying. And it's funny, as soon as I left the room and went into the living room, we had a fireplace going, and as soon as I saw light flickering, that weight and that energy left me. Uh, it's like it was driving on the dark of the room, and as soon as I got near light at all, it was gone. Wow. So that, that's, that's one of the instances that I had. That is terrifying. <laughs> yes, it is. If Elvis and Buddy Holly are the Cain and Abel of rock and roll, Bruce Springsteen and Zachariah, Iggy Pop is Methuselah, of course, Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel, what does that make Get in the Garage? Well, I think that makes Get in the Garage the one-stop shop for all know-how, history, countdowns, disagreements, agreements, and pretty much everything that you want you, you want to hear about music. Get in the Garage. Get in the Garage. A music program from the Wasted Robot Network. I was just learning to love. I do believe you. I I have I have sleep paralysis sometimes, not all the time. Really. And I I feel like there's difference cuz I've had one experience where it was so different than all the others. Like I do think it can yeah. be just a physiological thing, but I also think that you should trust your senses. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. think I know when it's more. 
than Obviously, just paralysis is a physical thing whenever you wake up and you're kind of in between REM cycles or whatever I mean like I understand it's something that happens but in my case like I said it was different there was there was more going on there and I could sense it and I knew it and which it just made it all the more terrifying because it was almost like whatever was in the room wanted me to be scared shitless and wanted me to not be able to get away from it that um, is so it, intense yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's, that's a good word for it. It's intense. It's very intense. Yeah, there's a lot of like belief that there's some negative energies. So no one knows. There's no like I always talk about how there's ghost rules, and we all just made all the yeah. ghost rules up. So it could be true. You know, there's no real scientific. It's hard to no, prove still, not. obviously. But um, right. there there is a belief that um, there's some energies that do feed off like negativity, um, yeah. and trauma. So like I feel like that something def could have definitely attached to you know because you are such a yeah. bright light like even when I would like watch your TikToks or like you know I I did creep a little and listen to some podcasts like you're so positive that uh, I do feel like messing with you would probably be like I feel I hate to say this yeah. but like I feel like you'd be a magnet for something like that you know oh it seems like I'm a magnet for all kinds of crap so that wasn't surprising <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you think it's the same thing every time you have these experiences? Well, I haven't had, I haven't had an experience like that in a long time. Like I said, there was a short Thank time. Gosh. Yeah. There was a short time after I worked in the prisons where that was happening. It was about a year, about a solid year of that intensity. Gosh. And uh, it started slowly waning. And I, I think I just got stronger in prayer, stronger in my beliefs and my fear weekend. And I think, you know, maybe part of that is that, you know, whatever dark thing that was, it didn't have as much fear to feed off of, and so it lost some of its momentum. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, it, it really, the the intensity is just not there anymore. Like I said, I've still got things that follow me that move stuff around, and I can hear them walking around in the house at night, uh, but I, I don't have that fear and dread like I used to, you know, so it's definitely changed. What do you do when you hear those things? Is it at a point where it's like, it's just like a, a pet to you or you're just like, well, they're moving around in the kitchen again. I'm just going to keep reading or whatever. You know, what? you know what's funny? I'm such a, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a single woman and I, I've lived alone for, for a while now. I got divorced a few years ago. And so, you know, my, my first thought is still never that it goes. I always walk downstairs with my pistol in my hand it's an intruder because it sounds it's that real wow um it's not it's not like oh like you can tell it's ghosts i mean whenever that stuff happens it's night it sounds like somebody is rummaging through my house going through my stuff and so i walk down the stairs with a pistol ready to defend my house and then i yeah. go down there and there so yeah I, i've never got used to it it's never like oh those silly ghosts i'm like well tonight's the night i'm gonna i'm gonna kill somebody <laughs> oh my gosh that's really brave I I always say like I'm I'm not anti-gun but I feel like I I'm so anxious I I do react the same way like sometimes I accidentally lock my um boyfriend out of our like our room because it's just a right, habit right. like I'm not and he's like yeah. so I would die and I'm like I don't know I'm not thinking about you in that moment like I'm just doing hilarious. it hilarious and that's, that's what hilarious. like like if I had a gun I would shoot him and not on purpose he would come home early one day so I'm like okay yeah. I know for me personally my field hockey stick is the extent of yeah, yeah. a dangerous weapon um but I have the same your limit. 
yeah yeah I just I'm too reactionary um and I know that about myself um but (laughs) yeah when I first moved to Philly I did live alone and I did hear creaks and stuff I I've never lived alone before that so what I did was I got a big giant cat and now every noise whether it is her or not is I just I'm like oh it's just you know Darcy moving around out there (laughs) you know because I was so scared all the time it is really stressful so uh yes alone as a woman it's it's scary it's scary living alone it's vulnerable yeah um but it's so fun like I you know it was cool to have that freedom um but yeah I I just I do feel you with the like every little noise being like all right that's definitely a murderer who's been in my house for five days you know (laughs) just scoping it out yeah well Um, it doesn't help that I'm obsessed with true crime and I watch right all the time so my brain is just chock full of ideas of you know what's about to happen to me yeah 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 thank yeah I do I do the whole thing too (laughs) and my boyfriend's always want to reel me back like all right you need to calm calm down I'm like all right hilarious I'm just gonna lock you out and you're gonna have to get over it Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, is there anything else? Because I do want to talk about like how you got to music and you right. know all of that. Um, is there anything about the paranormal you want to mention or that we might have missed? Well, I will tell you, I'm going to be starting my own podcast uh, thanks to my freaking blow up on TikTok yeah. that I can't. Congratulations! Um, so, yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, just hit half a million followers on TikTok. It's crazy. And uh, because of my TikTok people, I'm going to be starting a podcast and I will be sharing a lot of paranormal stories and uh, true crime stories, as well as some of my own just personal stories of whatever I feel like. And that podcast is going to be called Jordan Talks a Lot. Jordan Talks a Lot. That's That's all it is. I'm going to talk a lot about stuff. I love it. I'm def. I'll definitely tune in, especially like the, for the paranormal spooky stuff, but also uh, just the, the, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I just said, oh yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say for the listeners, you're just a great storyteller in general. So you talk about your experience in church and um, being a, you know, an artist. It's just a really fun time. It's a, I'm very blessed to do what I do. I I can't believe sometimes that I have the job that I have. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, it must be awesome. I have always wanted to go to Nashville. I haven't been there, but. Well, come on. I'll put you (laughs) up. Come on. All right. Yeah. I'll maybe I'll visit because I do. I don't know if you know, I do stand up comedy and Nashville is one of the places. Do you really? I do. Yeah. Um, it's not very clean. So <laughs> I don't know. Ah, well, that's good. But, yeah. That's good. Um, I think that makes it funnier. So, like, I, I totally understand, like, the being an artist and trying to do stuff. Um, yeah. Grind and, you know, having to look good, be good, and getting yourself booked. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a grind for sure. It, absolutely is <laughs> and it's yeah. so fun to travel so maybe I will come down oh yeah I would love that yes we will collaborate if I if I okay. get down there that sounds great <laughs> awesome um so uh let's talk about your music so I this might be a basic first question but um what got you into music in the first place well so I grew up in a musical family. My dad is an award-winning musician, um, bluegrass player. My mom is a pianist and a vocalist. And so from the time that I could walk, I was banging on a piano, banging on a guitar. And I was really bad in school. I got, I'm just not the brightest, <laughs> not the brightest bulb in the closet. And so I figured out pretty quick, 
Look, I'm not going to cure cancer. I can't deal with <laughs> Not good at math. Not going to be a doctor. So I've been really good at music. That's the only thing I'm good at. So that's, I made it a life passion and now it's my career. I love that. That's, and, and you just, you absolutely love it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a love, hate relationship. I, sure. I couldn't imagine. I've done every job under the sun. I've cleaned grease traps. I've scrubbed toilets. I've worked at restaurants. Ugh. I've flipped burgers. I've done it all. And, uh, getting to make music every day for a living is not a bad way to go. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is so cool. Um, What would you say is your favorite song that you've written? Oh, man, that's, uh, it changes week to week. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel that, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I write a lot of them. But, you know, I've got a song out on Spotify right now. Again, I'm, I'm big into true crime, right? I actually wrote a song about a woman getting away with murder called Crossfire. So if you want to get, go check that out on Spotify, oh, Apple, cool. Music, iTunes. Crossfire is probably one of my favorites that I've written. So that's awesome. Yeah, there's ones like as far as like me with jokes, like there's jokes that used to be my favorite, but then people only complimented that one joke. So now I'm like, will I ever make anything as good as this? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that feeling of I've peaked. I'm never gonna do anything better than this. Yeah, yeah, but it is fun to challenge yourself as well. (laughs) Oh yeah, always. Yeah, and then what would you say is your coolest experience you've had in music at this point? Well, man, I'll tell you, I um, so I'm a country music artist. If you can't tell by my accent, <laughs> and I got to play at the Grand Ole Opry this past year, so that's probably one of the coolest moments that I've had so far. That is so cool. I even know, I'm not a huge country person. I do like your songs, but I understand how <laughs> cool that is. Talk about yeah. haunted. I, I bet you that place is haunted. You know, I would be willing to bet it is. Um, but the but the thing is, though, I mean, I got to play the Grand Ole Opry stage, but I didn't get to perform my songs as my own artist. I mm. actually was backing up American Idol runner-up Hunter Girl. I was playing guitar oh. for her uh, while she had her Grand Ole Opry debut. So I played the stage, but I still have yet to have my artist debut on that stage. So I still got it. I got a mile marker left still. Oh, you'll get there. I'm confident. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But nonetheless, to walk through that back entrance and to step onto that stage, um, that, that, that was a pretty cool moment. How many people does it does it hold? Oh, probably 1,500. Wow. Gosh, that is a, so cool. It was a packed house. I mean, to walk out from behind that curtain onto that stage where some of the biggest stars in the world have played and you're seeing the lights in your face and there's a crowd of people packed out and they're all looking at you and expecting you to play something great that's a feeling better than skydiving <laughs> yeah i yeah i totally under that's like for the comedy equivalent i think is doing like a late night set it's like yeah. a a big moment for sure yep. absolutely well congrats that's Thank that you. is amazing oh my gosh thank you so much yeah and there's so much more there's only nowhere else to go but up I don't know what's happening with my brain right now I'm really excited (laughs) I apologize I mean I'm just glad you're excited you're an absolute delight you're a great interviewer I'm absolutely having a blast oh thank you um but yeah so I guess we can wrap it up here um where where can people find you 
Yeah, so you can find me on TikTok, you can find me Instagram, Facebook, any major social media platform. You can also find my music on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, anywhere that you can get me very cheap, you can find me. Oh, that's okay. Awesome. Yeah, listeners. And then um, one more time, the name of your podcast? It's called Jordan Talks a Lot. That's going to be launching Friday, January 6th. All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.